Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Trot's Talk. Live the dream. Get involved in harness racing today. NZ Harness Racing. Visit hrnz.co.nz. Kia ora, good morning, welcome to Trot's Talk, courtesy of Harness Racing New Zealand here on SENZ. Michael Guerin joining you on a Sunday morning. Thank you for joining us for Methven Cup Day, but also a weekend where there are lots of things going on. Some of those things started going on at Alexandra Park on Friday night. There was a big night last night at Melton. We'll talk about the New Zealand success there as Sherlock beat up on the Lost Storm in a heat of the Victoria Derby. Oh, yeah, the Lost Storm, the one the Aussies said was the best three-year-old, a great three-year-old, a generational three-year-old. Sherlock covered about 40 more metres in him and beat him fair and square. Game on for the Victoria Derby next week. We're going to talk to some of the drivers at Methvin today, including Carter Delgetti, who's not just there to drive for mum and dad. He's there to drive in the New Zealand Junior Drivers' Championships. Sarah O'Reilly leads those after two days so far. And David Branch about the slot trot, which is a real thing now. $655,000 of open-class trotting race coming into your eyeballs out of Cambridge on April the 12th. But before we do that, and that's plenty, isn't it? Let's go back to Friday night. A very special horse returned at Alexandra Park. Firstly, in the pacing race, Old Town Road returned. And he was good, came from 10 metres behind and won like a good horse should. But a very special performance because Bolt for brilliance broke a bone in his leg during the Inter-Dominions in Victoria last year. He spent 10 months away from the track. He faced a 50-metre back mark in his return race, and this is what he did. Bolt for Brilliance leads a half a length all cashed up. Three lengths Gazban. They're followed then by King's Landing. Top of the lane. Bolt for Brilliance comes for home. All cashed up. He's not done with up on the outside the Australian but Bolt for Brilliance all cashed up. He's gone into a gallop. Bolt for Brilliance the son of Muscle Hill. Win 15 coming up under the ribbon of light at Alexandra Park and what a return by this magnificent square gator. Bolt for Brilliance easy. Second over Gazban. They were followed then by King's Landing Wishing Star The numbers for those who didn't see the race won by ten and a half lengths Okay, maybe he didn't beat much maybe he all cashed up, galloped but what about this, he broke the national record for 2700 metres standing start, that's a proper national record because most of the great horses, Lyle Take a Moment, Pride of Petite they've all raced over 2700 metres standing start it's the signature distance at Alexandra Park. And he broke that record first time he was out getting angry for 10 months. Tony Hurley is his trainer and driver. And Tony, listening to that replay there, I didn't catch it live because I was so excited by the occasion. 
but you could hear the crowd. It wasn't a big crowd, but you could hear them. They loved having a good horseback. I'm sure you did too. Yeah, yeah, no, it was great, Mick. Um, great to come back, like, just to go a good race. I would have been wrapped in just the way he did it and, and, and gone, like you say, he broke a New Zealand record first up. And, yeah, and the main thing is he seems to have pulled up really good, Mick, and um, come through it really good. He hasn't missed a, missed a note since the, since the race. And I gave him a wee jog this morning, and he, he seems bright as a button. So, yeah, that's all the positives with it. So that's great. I want to cover that off, Tony, for people who who don't watch all the harness racing shows and don't understand exactly what happened. What was the injury, and is it of any concern heading forward? Uh, well, it was a fractured pedal bone, which is in his foot, Mick. Um, and and it's always been the, like it was no fractures, great. But if you're going to have one, it was one of the better ones to have, where it wasn't into the joint and it and it healed without a step in it, and just just healed really good and. The vets were always really positive with him, and um, yeah, and I'm pretty sure like most of them, they never do it again in that foot. They can do it in another foot. That's the only thing. But um, yeah, but at this stage, we'll, we'll stay positive, and everything seems great with him. Like I said, he's pulled up really good after a, a terrific run first up, and after ten months, like you said. During the Inter-Dominions last year, Tony, he, he did warm up a couple of times looking a bit noddy and a bit sort of, I don't know, maybe as you get older sometimes it takes your body a bit longer to warm up. Do you think now looking back, because obviously there's no way you can tell beforehand that he could have been feeling that at some stage? Yeah, he could have been, Mick. Um, you know, it's just hard to say. Like, as they get a bit older, they have a few niggles and that. And he's, he's always warmed up, well, for quite, quite a wee while, just a you know, just a little bit, sort of, but a lot of good horses do, you know, Sly Flying and Stig and those sort of horses always had aches and pains, but when, been such great horses, when they turn to the turn to the gate or turn to, 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 to into a race, it, they just sort of forget about their aches and pains, but like Richard McCaw. Yeah, well, he's a bit of McCaw about him. Is he going to McCaw country? Is he heading down to Canterbury on the plane this week to take on old mate Muscle Mountain? Uh, yeah, at this stage, it's all it's all go, Mick. Um, yeah, so um, as long as I remember to nominate on Monday, we'll we'll be in. Okay, well maybe we could do it over the radio now, Tony. <laughs> if you're, Brian Rabbit, if you're listening, can you nominate Bolt for Brilliance, AG Hurley for whatever race it is on Friday night? But tell me, that's an unusual situation. For, you wouldn't usually do that, like go ten month break, race, then race the week after. So what's the reasoning behind that? Yeah, no, it's, the flight down is a big help, obviously. You'll just jump on the plane on Tuesday, early Tuesday morning, be down there before lunch. Um, yeah, and, and he's going to Jimmy Curtin's where he's been plenty of times before and he knows he settles in just great and gets well looked after there. So, um, yeah, it, it, you know, like I said, I usually like to have a couple of weeks between, especially first up run, but he does seem very well and he had a couple of good solid trials before he, he um, raced, and, and to be fair, when he pulled up after that race, like you, you hardly blow a match out, Mick. You know, he sort of seems really fit, and he's in a really good zone where he, he was like a like an All Black who hadn't played for six months. He was just as soon as he got on the track, you could tell he just wanted to be there. And during the run of the race, he was more or less let me go in as soon as you can, sort of thing. And yeah, so he sort of he ran his own race really without me having to do much. While he was away on the sidelines, Muscle Mountain had a very impressive last 12 months. And Tony, looking at his last win, he seems to be able to hold his sprint a bit longer as he's got older. 
What do you make of it, you against Muscle Mountain? Because it's been a very fair series between you two so far over since way back in their two-year-old days. You have slightly the better of it. With that time away, do you think it might take a run or two before you get to the level where you're fit enough to beat him? Or after what you felt on Friday night, are you back level pegging or able to beat Muscle Mountain this Friday, depending on luck, of course? Yeah, yeah, well, <coughs> we'd like to certainly think we're going to be competitive anyway, Mackie, like you say, he has had the, the grounding a little bit more, but a little bit more racing, but in saying that, the way Bolt felt and went the other night, I know, like you said, the opposition wasn't what he's going to meet on Friday night by a, by a bit of a street with um, not only Muscle Muscle Mountain, but, um, you know, Phil's horses, Phil Williamson's horses, and Oscar Bonavino may, may be there, I'm, I'm suspecting, but... Um, and to get around those horses, a bit different to getting around what he got around the other night. But in saying that, he's, yeah, he's as good as we can have him at this stage and, and really wrapped the way he's come through the race and the way he raced, Nick. So, um, yeah, like racing always does those older horses good and, and hopefully it's sort of a reason why I wanted to give him another run. Um, then he goes perhaps to Ashburton after that. And so he'll only have like probably three races before the Dominion Handicap maybe. Tony, this week it was announced that Cambridge are going to hold the TAB trot slot race. Now, I know this sort of stuff's not really your go, but I, I, surely you and your owners have discussed the possibility of potentially buying a slot or somebody you know buying a slot and you doing a deal because $655,000 for a trotting race just down the road, well, Tony, it, it almost sounds like a dream situation for Bolt for Brilliance after the comeback. Even for a guy like you who's been there and done that all over the world, that must be pretty exciting. Yeah, no, it certainly isn't. And keeping our fingers crossed that everything's good and he's he's at his best um, for a race like that. And and the owners um, are pretty keen probably to buy the slot themselves. So there's four of us who own them. So, um, yeah, at this stage, I think that's the way we may go. Um, we'll just talk about it a wee bit more in future, but I'm pretty sure that's the way the, the owners are feeling at this stage. So, um, yeah. yeah, we'll just see how we how it pans out. Mate, it's uh, it's great to have him back. Um, any other courses in the team that you, you like the feel of? You had your big two-year-old back the other day. Look, he raced the older horses, which isn't much fun. He dropped out late, but I thought he looked in need of a run. And I thought the other little horse you brought back, Don't Stop Me Now, I think his name is. Uh, but they seem pretty nice horses to go on with, Tony. Are any of them going to hop on the bus to the South Island? Um Probably not at this stage, Mick. Um, don't stop me now. I was very pleased with his running. Like he hadn't raced for about ten months as well, and they went a reasonably quick time in his his race. Um, so he's probably one to follow. Uh, he's a, he's a, obviously a nice enough horse, and um, he's got a good record so far. And stepped up the other night against seasoned horses, and I thought went a, went a good, very good race. So um, yeah, he's probably one to keep an eye on. Mate, looking forward to, to seeing Bolt versus the Muscle or the Mountain, whatever you want to call them next week, mate. Hey, thanks for joining us this morning, Tony, and, and well done on getting him back. I'm sure there was some very long hours for everybody involved, and it must have been uh, quite quite hard to see him standing in the box for all those months, but uh, he is boxed no longer. Yeah, no, that was great, Mick. And like you say, we had a lot of help from... Josh Dickey and, and um, Sammy Kilgour over in Melbourne when he stayed there for for six or eight weeks before he came home. So 
it was all a team effort, as you know. Hey, Tony, a lot of people, we haven't spoken about this either, actually. A lot of people wouldn't know that these days you're a grandfather. Um, obviously, you've, you've Ange has had, had a baby with, with Salish. What sort of grandfather are you? Are you one of those hands-on grandfathers or are you one of those grandfathers who likes to hang out with the grandkids and give them back once you've worn them up? Or do you do you have any, uh, does the little grandbubba come down to the stables at all? What, what sort of grandfather is Tony Hulahi? Yeah, no, very hands-on, as you can imagine. <laughs> I'll ask this honestly. Did you change any nappies at all on your grandchild? Because you've got, have you got grandkids in the US as well? Uh, no, no. Um, got one in Australia, he's, but he's nearly 12. Oh, okay. Uh, Richard's son, Ryan, yeah. yeah. Um, well, no, about the nappies, Mick, I never changed one when they were kids, so I haven't started now. Okay, at least you're consistent, Tony. Well, consistency is the key to success, <laughs> mate. Well done. That's Tony Hurley. He's back Thanks, with mate. Bolt for Brilliance and not changing nappies. Uh, still well into his 3,600th and something victories in his career. Our most successful ever horse person in a really heartwarming moment. With Bolt for Brilliance back on Friday, and also Old Town Road for John Dickey. Uh, fantastic in the Kerry Hoggard Memorial, which would have been a big deal to John because John trains out of the property formerly owned by Kerry Hoggard and still owned by Maryland. So, look, really, really great nights racing at the park on Friday, special racing, and tease us up nicely for these horses to head south and take on a very strong local bunch of horses down there. Some of those go around today. It's Methlin Cup Day, one of the great tracks in the country, one of the great race days in the country. We'll take a break, and on the other side, the Southern Man segment, we'll go shopping for a winner just on the Southern Man. Greg O'Connor with us today. He's playing golf. He's actually quite good at golf, so we thought we'd let him go do something he's good at, and he'll be back with you next week. But I will take the Southern Man reins. After this break, I'll do my best. Time for the Southern Man segment, and John Dunn is absolutely a Southern Man. Good morning to you, Johnny. Morning, Mick. Mate, what are we expecting from Methvin today? Because you're a lot closer to Methvin than I am, and I'm sure you're not there yet, but... Would we expect a good grass track surface down there because there's been a bit of rain around the country? Yeah, it's been a bit of rain. They had to weave it up there last night, but uh, probably the track would have needed a fraction. And um, now the track's in really good, Nick. So, yeah, it should be fair, fair racing all day, really. John, when you have a touch of rain on the grass tracks, does it get sticky or do you start to move away from the inside as the day goes on? Because that's what happens in the gallops. And I'm sure lots of our gallops listeners are thinking, well, how does it affect you? Yeah, not so much. Probably we didn't quite get that much rain, but uh, if we had if we had a big downpour, yeah, it's definitely um, as the day gets on, you move out a few carts with anyway to sort of try and get the better going. But um, now we're lucky. Just just had a we we drizzle overnight and uh, wouldn't affect the track at all. So that's good. John, let's get down to business. Alter Showgirl for uh, your wife and your dad and the training partnership um, gets a good draw in the third on the card here. Looks a nice race for her. Yeah, really good first up. Uh, sort of got a fright in the tapes went and uh, missed away a fraction and sort of got a rugged run afterwards but stuck to her guns all out the straight to, to finish in the money and... Um, Normally she steps pretty good, so drawn in there handy at two, coming to now. Uh, step cleanly, uh, have to be a great each-way chance. 
Make Way for Glories in the mobile, the sprint race, the mile, the fourth on the card. Barrier one's always a help in the grass track mile. Yeah, it is, definitely. And uh, she's actually went pretty good this horse first up. She drew out wide at Timaru, sat parked on a 56-mile rate and sort of uh, stuck to her guns the whole out the straight. So uh, it's still a better draw today. Uh, still be looking for probably to trail, trail the right horse and running, but uh, if I can do that, um, yeah, nice top four player as well. In the next on the card, you have Moses, who I thought was pretty good on debut. Look, gallop next time out. Lots of horses are going to have a gallop and one of their first couple of runs. What do you make of Moses? Because clearly there's some ability there. There is ability. He's still got to mature, though. He's a big, big overgrown bugger, and uh, probably going to turn him out after the day. It's his first, going to be his first run on the grass. Um, yeah, it was a bit disappointed. He jumped out of his gear last time out. He probably shouldn't have. So he's trained on well since. But, um, yeah, pro- probably one, don't get, don't, just take it easy on him today and uh, be next time in probably about six months' time for us. John, let's fast forward to race eight. And a horse I, I can't quite work out is Fergalicious. Sometimes she goes super, and other times I can't work out how hard she tries or whether that's mental inexperience. What do you make of Fergalicious in the eighth? Yeah, she said, uh, when you put her against the big bangers, she goes really good races, and then you put her against the sort of a, just the racing race, and she uh, disappoints. But um, I was actually I never got a run last last weekend at Timaru and felt really good. So uh, she's got a nice enough draw to the second row to, to follow follows very quick, and if she can do that, um, can't fault the way she seems at home. So if the true true Fergalicious turns up, uh, she'll be right there at the finish. John, the Alabar Methven Cup is the ninth on the card, and I actually think it's it's a proper Methven Cup because the best open class horses aren't there, and in many ways that's what it should be. And I, th- I thought it really helped a the defending champion Smithy's Terror, and b Bark, who I thought was really good last week after a little bit of a bobble early at Addington. How do you rate those two, and do you favour one more than the other? Yeah, like you say, it's a great, great uh, cup. It's very even this year, which is great. And uh, Smithy's Terry's been there, done that in the grass. But the big, big key to his, him is to step very cleanly and quickly, like he did last time out. Um, it's Tennessee to sort of bobble, bobble for a few seconds early, which costs. He's handled the grass before, so probably lean towards him a fraction of the other fella. But saying that, uh, his gait's got definitely got a lot better. He generally steps very quick, and uh, yes, true staying race will, will suit him right down to the ground, so um, he's not far behind. John, I really like your little filly, Sonny's sister. She's in the uh, the What the Hill Trotters Classic. That's race 11. Was she a touch disappointing last time, or did Isolate just go super on that occasion when she beat her? Because I think Sonny's sister is actually a better horse than she's shown us so far. I was actually a wee bit disappointed at first the other night. I sort of was jogging, jogging when I went inside, uh, walking around sunshine, and sort of, as soon as she sort of headed, uh, headed her, she sort of leant in and sort of halfway pulled up. But saying that, the winner did go very well that night. But um, no, nah, she's trained on great. And, uh, her gait definitely got a lot stronger. Still got the half hobbles on, so grass, grass track today, she shouldn't worry at all. And um, back to a standing start, though.
the work if I'm in. So, uh, yeah, hopefully we can get that right at the start. If she can, um, she, she's got to be a nice chance for that field. And John won for Henderson Hunter in the last on the card. You're driving American Sniper. Look, he's a big lump of a horse. I would have thought the grass would suit him. Yeah, it does normally. And uh, funny horse. He showed a lot of promise earlier on, so I just went off the boil. Um, this time in, he's actually put his heart and soul into it. And even even last time out, we ran second. So the sort of horse, if he, if he could do that, he, he could run the money again today. John, what's your best chance of either the stable training a winner or you driving a winner for our punters today? Uh, I'll go Sunny Sister in the uh, in the Mears Trot there. Mate, we always appreciate your time. Congratulations on a great season so far. Get round safe today at Methven. Thanks for that, mate. John Dunn, who's outstanding with his time, as he's become even more successful, he's become even better with it. I forgot to ask him about Osmium and the first on the card, but... Um, I thought he actually had a huge book of drives and didn't want to bog him down going through every single one of them. Bob Butt is also on a career best last 18 months. He's having a hell of a run. Good morning to you, Bob. How are you, mate? Hey, Mac. Good, thanks, mate. mate thanks for joining us. Hey, race two today, you drive, or you train and drive, Destiny Dance. Um, fresh up today, how ready is he? Um, he's as, as ready as I can get him, um, probably without having a race under his belt. But, um, no, I've been, um, he's been working quite good at home and that. So, um, instead of taking him for a trial, it was sort of come up not a real strong field. So I thought I'd, um, bring him up here for a run. Okay. Is he ready to use gate two and go forward and try and lead? Because the punters who want to jump on, that's probably what they want to know. Um, to be honest with you, mate, um, I'm not sure if he's got the the greatest gate speed in the world, um, but I'll be I'll be trying to get handy enough if I can. But in the third on the card, you train and drive. Take the deal. Is this a horse who's improving? Often they improve with a couple of runs under the belt. Where's take the deal at? Yeah, he's no star, and he, he probably hasn't had a whole heap of luck. But um, he he just need to um, step away and get handy and if he can um, get a nice wee suck along without doing without doing any work, he can um, be top three or four times anyway. In race four, nice fillies and mares race, you drive Uga Chaka for one of the good guys of harness racing and Tim Trathan. Uh, what do we make of Uga Chaka? Because it's a maiden race and you can't go much better than being second last time out. No, I was really surprised by her debut. She went... Um, she went a cracking race, so it's it's a it's a, it's a lot stronger sort of field um, going off the trial form and that. But um, she's got a nice handy enough sort of draw, so if um, if she can um, sort of lob in handy without doing any work, a bit like the other one, she'll be she'll be hitting one good. Thought one of the races of the day was the seventh on the card. You've got Chris Kyle in here, and he's got ability. But uh, we haven't seen it the last couple of starts. Is this more his go today? Yeah, what, uh, much more his go, Mick. He's um, he's actually he's had two. He loves the track. He's had two starts here for two wins. And the only thing is, he's just let himself down the last couple of starts, been slow away. Which, funnily enough, usually he's a great beginner. So hopefully he can um, get back to his old ways and begin quickly. And um, yeah, it, it is probably. Um, a good sort of race for him today. I tell you, a horse I really like is Mawanga, who you drive in the Methven Cup. That's the ninth on the card at three forty-four. 
I thought he was disappointing two starts ago, but clearly he is an open-class horse in the making. But he's only a rating 62 up against some rating 97s today. Uh, can he win, or do you think it's just a shy at the stumps and you're not sure what to make of it? Oh, on ability, he's um, obviously a real good up-and-comer. Um, obviously, he's up against some pretty hard and old horses and over 3,000 metres. Um, going to play into their fa- favour, but... Um, He's got a lot of speed, and he does go good on the grass. So hopefully, if um, he can sort of flop along and go to sleep and use that speed late, they'll know him, know he's there. But I suppose it's just more of an unknown, more than anything. But um, yeah, we'll just have to see how we go. You drive straight flush for Graham Court in the last on the card, one on the second line. I suppose you're going to be a little bit dictated too by what happens in front of you. Yeah. Um, Said right, it's just all going to come down to sort of what sort of run we can get from there. But um, she's actually been going great races on the grass, so um, if she can get sort of an ounce of luck, I think she'll actually um, be a pretty good chance today. Bob, we all need some coin. There's lots of interesting things coming up. People want to pay for their hotel rooms for Cut Week. Can you help us out? Have you got a winner for us today at Nathan, or at least your best chance? Well, like I say, a lot. I like straight flush in the last. Just got to, just got to have, um, just got to get that luck and get off the pegs. And um, I think she'll, um, she'll go a real good race at nice money. Good on you, Bob. Get round safe today, mate. Thanks, Mark. Catch you, mate. It's Bob Butt, and first on the card today, Methven Cup Day goes at 12.20. All the odds available on tab.co.nz. We'll take a break. Come back on the other side. We're going to talk to a Kiwi who's in Queensland. Ken Rutherford joins us from Albion Park, and also Carter Dalgetty, who's part of the National Junior Drivers' Championships. He sits third on the table heading into today. Don't go too far away. This is Trot's Talk, courtesy of Harness Racing New Zealand. Welcome back to Trot's Talk. Well, the Inter-Dominions head back to Brisbane this year, sponsored by Ladbrokes, and it's great to be able to talk about them with the Chief Operating Officer of the Creek. It's Ken Rutherford. Oh, mate, how are you, Ruds? And how's life treating you in Queensland? I bet you just love it up there. Yeah, mate, absolutely loving it, mate. I tell you, it's a, it's a great spot, Brisbane. I, I've been back to Brisbane for about 25 years, Nick, since... Uh, Probably failing misery at the Gabba on another occasion a few years ago, but uh, gee, the place is a good spot, and uh, I actually walk to work every day down the river, mate. Thirty-five minutes it takes me get into the driver's room, have a shower there at work before I start, and uh, it's quite a nice little lifestyle, mate. Enjoying it. There's some good things going on in Queensland harness racing, or Queensland racing altogether, isn't there? Because mm. while there's some interesting stuff going on, and Albion Park's eventually going to close, and we're going to move and build a new track. There seems to be some innovation from Racing Queensland. There seems to be some good supporters and people who want things to go well, like Kevin Seymour. And it helps when mm. you've got a good horse, like Leap to Fame, who won there last night and is on his way to the Victoria Cup. So I thought about four or five years ago, Ken, it was dire mm. straits for Queensland Harness Racing, but it seems um, mm. far more effervescent. Yeah, you're right, and uh, you know you mentioned Leap to Fame, and he's he's clearly the the one that's hanging their head on the moment in terms of uh, the superstar. And uh, gee, he 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 set off for another campaign uh, last night, and uh, dealt to hot, hot and treacherous quite nicely by about a length of a half under a under super wraps. So he's he's the champion, he's the superstar at the moment, is Larry Leap to Fame, and 
when you have a horse like that, and we've seen it through all, all different uh, codes and, and racing worldwide, haven't we, where you have a superstar and all of a sudden the, the, the public's uh, attention is captured. So it does help in terms of all the social media and all the other stuff you can do to promote the sport. But you are spot on. Uh, the, the big thing on the horizon, and I think the, the real reason I was very keen to come here in the first place, Mick, was the whole... Norwell relocation. Norwell's a place sort of halfway between Brisbane and the Gold Coast, sort of down by, oh, just just north of Century Cove, actually. And um, that re- uh, relocation redevelopment's going to start shortly, and um, that's exciting. And uh, when you look at some of the travails that uh, Harness Racing Victoria have got at the moment in terms of perhaps their cost uh, uh, cost profile and structure around having about 28 tracks in Victoria, we're only really going to have two or three here in Queensland. I think that helps in terms of making the whole thing profitable. Viable. I think the horsemen like it in terms of having centralised locations where the horses can race and, and be trained. And uh, it is exciting. It's great to race in Queensland and the government here in Queensland are putting the money into it. It's, it's, it's quite visionary, really. It's a hell of a big pro, um, project. Like Albion Park's obviously been the home of harness racing there for ages. So it's going to close, I believe, so they can build a, a part of an, a, a Commonwealth Games village or an Olympic village or something like that. Yeah, Olympic, Olympic Games, <laughs> that's right. Yep, and... So you're building a new racetrack now. They did one at Menangle and they did one at Melton, so it's not impossible, but it's a hell of a project. Yeah, it is. And, uh, yeah, some big decisions are going to be taken in the next uh, couple of months before Christmas in terms of exactly what the shape of it's going to look like. Uh, I don't know, we sit with a Menangle 1,400-metre uh, circuit, but it hasn't met with universal approval here in Australia. And I think what Albion Park... Uh, the Creek guys and uh, Race in Queensland and the club I work for now are looking at is to be innovative, to try and create something which is new, uh, which, which Harness Racing hasn't seen before. So I won't give away too much, but it, it will be quite uh, quite innovative and new and modern. And um, we're hoping from a wagering perspective, which is the, the lifeblood of our industry, isn't it, that uh, the punters will really, really enjoy it. Um, look, it's, 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 some of the plans are incredible. And um, I think the thing I keep coming back to to Mick is, okay, racing is something that could happen five or six days a week, but you've got to have something else happening around the place. You might have an RSL club of some kind, some kind of other business activities that are occurring, and that's kind of a business model we're working on at the moment. Yep, it's huge. You've got to use the land around you. We're seeing that more and more in racing around the world. Hey, Rudd's Inter-Dominions are on late November and, mm. and into December. And I think Queensland's the perfect place to have the Inters. People like to go places where it's warm. They like to go somewhere where they a consistency of weather and they can make it into a holiday destination for themselves. Would you guys like to have the Inter-Dominions full-time? Would you like to say to New South Wales and Victoria, hey, we'll do this, and you do your Miracle Miles and your Hunter Cups? Absolutely. Look, our, our big carnivals in, in winter, as you well know, through the month of July, we have four big nights culminating in the Black Fake on the first last weekend in July, Mick. Uh, but to have another opportunity to have a big carnival, um, to, to, to showcase uh, everything about Tarnas Racing in Queensland to, and to support the Inter-Dominions concept, which, which I dare say has... has I go back to, to growing up in Dunedin, mate, and you know, I, I remember that one. You remember it well, too. Alexander Park in 1983, where Gamma Light beat Popular Arm and Delightful Lady. I mean, the crowds that would have been on Alexandra Park uh, that night were, were, were huge. And I just think the last few years, the Interdoms haven't quite had that same kind of trans-Tasman rivalry. It's notable in the in the nominations. Uh, there's very few Kiwi horses that have been nominated. And I think a big part of that is is the timing on the 12-month calendar. We haven't quite got it right. You know, December 
even in Queensland, it's going to get quite humid for hard nights of racing over the course of, what is it, from the 1st of December till the 16th of December when the grand final was. It's, it's tough work um, to have four hard nights of racing and, and maybe December when it is muggy and humid and pretty hot here in Queensland is not the best timing. But uh, until the States of Australia get together and work out a good place in the calendar for it and that New Zealand can participate again in it, um, we're, we're quite happy to take that December date. Rudds, mate, it's great to chat, brother. We're going to be talking to you more um, in the build-up to the Inter-Dominions and talking to people about how they can get along and be part of it, mate. But uh, you, you keep walking to work. I hope you're enjoying the Cricket World Cup. It looks a bit of humour. I haven't doled into it yet myself, but you would have been pretty happy to see the Black Caps just smash the Poms the other day. Oh, how good was that? Devastating, mate. Now, look, more important things. Who wins the Methvin Cup this afternoon? It looked a pretty good field. It's, a, it's actually a bloody good field. Um, look, I think mm. Franco Indy's probably in the right race, but... Gee, it's been a long mm. time since you won, Rudds. And as you know, as you get older, Rudds, if you haven't had a few victories, things get a bit tough. So They um, do. <laughs> Franco Indy <laughs> is the horse to beat there today. But uh, we just had John Dunn on, if you were listening. Um, he said Sonny's sister's his best of the day. So it's probably apt okay. for where you are, brother. Hey, enjoy your day, and mate. We'll look forward to talking to you more on Trot's Talk in the months ahead. Thank you, Mike. Ken Rutherford from the Creek Albion Park Harness Racing in the 2023 Labrokes Inters. We'll light up Albion Park this December. For tickets and details, go to ID23, id23.com.au. Right, Carter Del Getty uh, is a young man doing cool things in harness racing, and today part of those cool things will be competing in the New Zealand Junior Drivers' Championships. He is third, heading into the last round. Good morning to you, Carter. I haven't done the sums. Can you still win, or is Sarah O'Reilly going to win this for about the 10th year in a row? Oh, g'day, mate. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a pretty interesting last race here. I think Sierra might have um, most of us and a bit of hurt, I think. Look, she's actually a remarkable driver, Sierra O'Reilly. She doesn't say much. She's very quiet. She just sort of goes about her work. Um, she maybe doesn't have quite the arrogant strut that a Carter Del Getty has to her, but tell you what, she can drive a horse. <laughs> yeah, she's unreal, isn't she? Like She um, gets home long shots and, uh, yeah, her strike rate this year and probably the last five years and the champs has just been unreal. What's the junior drivers champs like? Because as long as I've been involved in harness racing, all the juniors have always wanted to be in it. And I know there's a slight social aspect to it, but is it cool fun to all be together, travelling together and to sort of have that camaraderie of people who, some of them, you wouldn't know very well? Yeah, big time. I'd say uh, probably 90% of it is the social activities is the fun part and then driving horses uh, different horses is another cool bit as well so yeah it's been a pretty big weekend but it's good to be with North Island drivers and Southland drivers uh, like you said that you don't get to see them very often so yeah it's something we definitely look forward to Just our way from the drivers champs you're driving a consistent type for your mum and dad called Karma Light in race 4 today what sort of chance would Karma Light be because you're drawing a bit wide yeah, tricky draw probably hurts it. Uh, she's been going really good her last three starts, but um, yeah, the draw makes it tough, so hopefully the driver's on form. <laughs> Amelia Rose is your drive in the last heat of the Junior Drivers' Champs. Um, look, we went second last time, and it, it's not an intimidatingly strong field. Seems to enjoy the grass, I reckon, so uh, that'll probably be a big help, but if we get away pretty quick, I think that'll be the key. All right, let's talk about the big guns. Krug was back last week, but his little buddy Republican Party actually beat him. 
How did the two good Dalgetty open class horses come through that and, and where do they head next? Yeah, they were both pretty tired after it, uh, probably as expected, um, this tough racing. But uh, this Friday night at Evington Krug's in a go, uh, I think it'll end up being a pretty good field. And the Republican Party, we're not 100% sure yet. So, uh, we're just going to wait and see. He's had three starts now. His prep, so he doesn't need a lot more racing for the Cup. Uh, potentially Kaikoura or that race at Eddington two weeks before the Cup. I take it you're sticking with Krug as your Cup drive, all things going well? Uh, yes, I definitely will, yeah. He's been good to me, so I've got to be good to him. What about um, your three-year-olds? Because you've got some nice three-year-olds around you, but, gee, I thought the three-year-old who won last week, he, he's really improved. Yeah, he has really improved. Uh, I still think there's a bit more improvement in him too. He's he's only sort of had two runs this prep and he's still quite big. So uh, this group one next Friday will be his main target. But yeah, he um, he's done nothing wrong. All you can do is win, I suppose. Mate, go well today. Get round in one piece. Uh, good luck with Kruger on Friday night, mate. And I'll see you at Cup Week in a month's time. That'd be good, mate. We'll see you then. Carter Dalgetty, one of the champion young blokes of harness racing, but uh, he may have to settle for second or worse in the New Zealand Junior Drivers' Champs, the last heat of that today. Um, all the information about that on hrnz.co.nz. Uh, Sarah O'Reilly leads Zev Meredith, and Carter is third heading into the last heat. Good luck to everybody involved in that wonderful series. We'll take a break here on Trot's Talk. Don't forget the website for all the information and previews and reviews every day. hrnz.co.nz. On the other side, the man who makes things happen, David Branch, talks us through the new $655,000 slot Hey, thanks for taking time out of your Sunday morning to join us. I hope you get a chance to watch some of the great harness racing this afternoon at Methven. Um, Before we get a chance to pop away and and leave you with Mark Watson to talk a bit of footy with my good mate Steve Devine, coming up now, we know it's close to official, we'll find out how official in a second, from David Branch, is the first ever slot trot race in New Zealand. So that's the Everest concept, or the race by Grins concept, April the 12th at Cambridge. This time for the trotters, potentially 10 runners, $655,000 in stakes, and the man who's trying to make it happen is David Branch. Good morning to you, David. Congratulations on the endeavour. Is the slot trot race now confirmed as a thing? Yeah, morning, Nick. Uh, yeah, it's as confirmed as it can be at this point, I guess. So now our goal is over the next week or so, next 10 days, is to sell and lock in at least eight slot holders. If we can do that, then the race will definitely happen uh, on April 12th next year. Okay, you went out to the marketplace for expressions of interest. How many did you get and how many were maybe, maybe, and how many were, yep, I'm taking one. Yeah, so we had we had over ten, which gave us the confidence, I guess, to to proceed on to the next step. And then we've actually had a few that that are, um, that have come forward um, out of left field, almost that weren't expressions of interest that have asked for more information as the momentum sort of started to build. Uh, so I'd say um, at the moment I've got four locked in, with about having conversations with about eight or nine others as well. So uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty confident that it, that it's going to happen. 
When the Race by Grins was announced, I think a lot of people struggled to understand the concept, um, the potential ability to to claim some of the expense back as a marketing expense, which which it absolutely is. Um, and I think there was general confusion about how the whole thing's going to work. Do you think this time around more people potentially buying a slot have their minds around it before they start the conversations? Yeah, I think um, obviously as these concepts we're into the will be the, the third running of the race by grins. And um, this is this is still new for a lot of people though. So it is the um, um, those conversations that are happening at the moment, which are great. I'm getting asked questions um, about the contracts, how that works, how the deals are done, and all that. So uh, while I think there's definitely more of an understanding, and we've seen with with the likes of the Eureka happening and the Everest continuing to get more publicity that. Uh, the understanding's there, but um, it's just yeah, working through the intricacies and those questions and how they relate to to the individual slot holders, which is the exciting part. Okay, the uh, the tab, TRB Entainer on board, so they are coming to the party. Fifty thousand dollars for a slot, and how much do you get if you run last? So how much is your guaranteed return? Yeah, so fifth fifth to tenth will be, will get twenty five thousand back. So essentially, uh, that, that's done to cover half of the slot fee, depending of course on what individual deals happen with connections, etc. Did you find most of the deals last year involved, if you run top four or five, we have a percentage carve up, but if you run in the last five, the slot holder takes most of the money and and the horse owners get enough money to cover their bill, so therefore there's there's more reward for finishing in the first half of the field. Yeah, definitely. Um, as a club, we're not privy to all of those deals, um, obviously, understand what a couple of them were but um, for sure it's it's the percentage split on the I guess the first four placings and then working back it was um, tended to be a fixed price amount that uh, they might have agreed with connections sort of regardless if, if they finished fifth to tenth yeah you and I had this discussion a year ago and it almost happened a year ago and in many ways I'm glad it didn't because we lost Sunday's son bolt for brilliance was sidelined we didn't really have many open class trotting stars outside Muscle Mountain and the Australians wouldn't have been there because Just Believe went up to Sweden. It feels a lot better and a lot deeper in the open class ranks now with a potential field of, stick with me listeners, Muscle Mountain, Bolt for Brilliance, Oscar Bonavina, maybe Love the Port, who's won a row cup, just believe Elder Baron Zeus and Queen Elida, just some of the top names. Now, I believe most of their people are involved, David, and that sort of field, well, that's pretty exciting. Yeah, that's uh, goosebumps stuff, really, isn't it? So to have all of those horses um, coming together, the different form lines, um, yeah, it would be something really special. So I guess the other thing is we're, we're not... Uh, We've gotten a bit differently. We haven't locked people into three years initially, but this is definitely a long-term play for us. We want to keep growing each year. So while there's only a one-year commitment for slot holders um, and they'll be thinking about what horses for the next year, preference will be given when, in years two and three to the slot holders and they'll have first crack, if you like. So um, there is a reason, I guess, for people to be involved, even if they might not have a horse this year, but they might have one coming further down the track because those... Uh, slot holders will have preference. David, we'll be talking to you more about this in the months ahead. Good luck. Congratulations to you and your team on, on 
trying something different and making what could potentially be the biggest night in the history of New Zealand harness racing stakes-wise. It's exciting stuff, mate, and we're looking forward to chatting about it more here on Trot's Talk over the spring and summer. Awesome. Thanks very much, Mac. It's David Branch. They have the slot trot race, four slots sold. Tremendously exciting stuff. Before then, though, that's April the 12th. That's a fair way away. Today, it's Methven Cup Day. Go punting at Methven. Do so responsibly. But all the information, previews and stuff is on hrnz.co.nz and all the odds on tab.co.nz. Watto and Stevie D are up next to talk a bit of footy. Thanks for taking the time to hang out with me on a Sunday morning here on Trust Talk.